It's the Not Gonna Lie podcast presented by Student Union Sports. I'm your host, John Terry. Uh, this week, we talk about the trade deadline, go over some of the marquee moves and what was one of the busiest trade deadlines in pretty much NFL history. Uh, talk about what that means. Obviously, Pat and I get into his Bears and my Colts, uh, and it seems like we're moving in pretty opposite directions. All that and more in this week's episode of the Not Gonna Lie podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Knock and Lie podcast. I'm John here with my co-host Pat, and we are back. We missed a week. It was a canceled flight, some confusing plans, so we weren't able to record and probably what was one of the bigger episodes for our Colts and Bears, but somehow they've both topped themselves, and this week is even more exciting. Um, maybe not exciting, maybe for you, not for me. Um, but certainly given us lots to talk about, but we're back. We are back, Pat. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm in a really good spot right now. I'm in a very good spot. Yeah. Um, I, you know, team wise, fantasy football wise, it was a little bit of a tough week for me. Um, I posted it on Twitter. So some of you might've seen, but I lost a fantasy football matchup last night by 1.8 points. Uh, and started Amari Cooper. For those of you who don't know, he threw probably one of the worst interceptions I've ever seen, uh, which is negative two points in fantasy. So for those of you who might have had some tough losses, I lost because a wide receiver threw an interception. So we're just going to... It kind of keeps the Kevin Stefanski hate train rolling on for us. Yeah, I, I mean... Don't, I, I don't like him, and he probably dropped that play, and... Kevin Spence I mean, is the reason why you lost your game yesterday. True. Okay, I will say I think you're uh, you're definitely on the Kevin Stefanski hate train. I'm sort of neutral to that one, but I think that definitely pushed me towards your point of view because you're right. He did drop that play, and you might be just like gaslighting mm-hmm. me into hating him, but I need to find someone to blame. Uh, and he's also just not a good head coach. But I guess that's a story for another day. <laughs> All right, there is a lot to talk about uh we've a got lot. some some games but mainly the trade deadline we're recording this it is 5 43 eastern time uh so the trade deadline ended a little over or just under two hours ago yeah a lot of moves um let's start with your bears let's go there so they had yeah. two, two two trades um and three. I'll, I'll let, I'll, three trades three what was the third one the trade of oh, Robert yes. Quinn last week. Robert, earlier Robert week. Quinn. So they've been busy. I'd count up that until as a deadline today. trade. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. What 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 do we have here? We got our three our three trades. All right. So you get what a fifth round pick for Robert Quinn, which is mm-hmm. incredible fourth. considering fourth. the fourth. Because you got Ryan Pace gave Robert Quinn such an obscene contract, and then Robert Quinn I think followed that up with a sack and a half in his first year. In his second year here. Sets the franchise record in sacks. Through seven games this year, had one sack. Just 
far too inconsistent off the edge. Last year, it also helped to have Khalil Mack with by his side kind of a thing. Um, but he just was struggling quite a bit this year. And so getting a fourth round pick is great for him. Um, you trade Roquan Smith yesterday to Baltimore. You get a second and a fifth. Why not? I mean, Roquan Smith leads the NFL in tackles, but he was virtually invisible in the game against Dallas this past weekend. And you're not grading him off of one simple game, but even though he led the NFL in tackles, there were far there were far too many plays where it just he was not making any sort of a big difference. He wants to be paid more than 20 million bucks a year. Uh, and for an off-ball linebacker in a defense that he's unfamiliar and not as good in, it just didn't make sense. He was also representing himself uh, in his negotiations, and it just was not working out. Um, so fast forward um, to the Bears. The Bears moving on. Um, it creates a hole at linebacker. However, they also allowed 49 points with him on Sunday. Mm -hmm. He was making that big of a difference. And uh, he only led the NFL in tackles because the defensive line is so bad that every player, every runner gets to the second level of the defense. But his, his stats were, he was the Russell Westbrook of, of linebackers. Um, and then today you give up a second round pick and you get Chase Claypool. I don't, there are a lot of people who are upset with the with how much they gave up for him, but considering that for the last year I've been listening to Bears fans complain that Ryan Poles wasn't spending enough to get weapons for Justin Fields, and you immediately bring in a wide receiver that's probably the best wide receiver among your group. Um, and obviously it's a you know oh wow he's better than Equinemius St. Brown and Dante Pettis, but. It helps. And Justin Fields has looked really good in the last three weeks. And giving him a big body downfield threat just really helps that development. And also, you're getting him for at least 26 games because he is under contract through the rest of this season, um, but also for next. And then you're likely looking at a prime extension candidate with him and Darnell Mooney this offseason, maybe. So... I personally love the moves. I'm very happy with it. Uh, Bears probably so net they they get uh, they essentially get Chase Claypool, a fourth rounder and a fifth rounder, mm -hmm. and give up Robert Quinn and Roquan Smith. Yeah, I, two players I, that weren't making a huge impact on the defense already this year. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I I think that you know there is a lot of talk of oh, they overpaid for a weapon, um, but you can't, you can't pick and choose. Because uh, yes. like there are the two sides of like, oh, how are you going to say this as a win? Well, look at the wide receiver market. Look at not only how much money they're getting, look at how much they're being traded for, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Like the, things have changed. I saw somebody compare it to like, well, the Texans gave up DeAndre Hopkins for a second rounder. I was like, well, first off, Texans are stupid second off you know that was three years ago would you would you think that a guy like christian kirk at that level would be getting a 20 million dollar a year contract three years ago probably not 
the way that we value wide receivers has gone up and that's that trade just and it also changes player to player based yeah. on contract and based on anything i mean mm-hmm. people were giving the bears shit for uh after the calvin ridley trade right because it's yeah. a conditional fourth that can become a second and then a fifth and like obviously a very good trade for jacksonville if he's cleared to play and if he plays and he also is owed a lot of money too um for all those bets that he's been winning and um because he's been tailing me and not you uh and then okay. uh, yeah we're going there um but it's it's a completely different situation and i had a friend tell yeah. me oh i would have waited until the off season and and just made that trade and it's well that trade wouldn't have been available in the off season because if the falcons know that he's coming back his value is much higher out. than what it would be yeah yeah so it's just a little bit a little bit trickier um and uh i like i i'm focusing on my own team and i'm really happy with what they did well yeah and and another thing too that people are talking about is you you don't want justin fields throwing the ball 15 times a game right no chase claypool helps you throw the ball more than 15 times a game and develop Mm -hmm. a guy who realistically has taken a turn ever since we called him the next josh josh allen which yeah. might mean that Chase Claypool is the next Stefan Diggs. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm just but I yeah. I'm just connecting the dots yeah. here. I'm simply I'm simply following our train of thought. Uh sure. and and you that know that makes Darnell Mooney Adam Thielen. Or sure. I guess well, with the Bills, Gabe Davis. Yeah, yeah, sure. Sure, that's fine. Um but no, I'm I'm a big fan of what the Bears three touchdown game in the playoffs. Can't wait. <laughs> uh, I, I'm a big fan of what the Bears did too, and obviously, you know what they've done the last two weeks. The offense is rolling. Uh, yeah, I think that Khalil Herbert is inching his way towards being the guy um, in Chicago. And Dave Montgomery's a free agent. This this Dave Montgomery's a free agent after this season. Okay, um, you realistically resign him for something around like four million a year is mm-hmm. probably where you'd be willing to that's the other part that i think people are overlooking is that the bears have now i think eight draft picks they have their own first they have baltimore second they have a third they have two fourths two fifths and a seventh uh and then they also have 125 million dollars worth of cap space mm. and that's not going to be alloc- none of that's going to be allocated towards roquan smith obviously you need replacement level people to take over what he brought um but you you don't need to spend 20 million dollars on an off-ball linebacker you probably need to throw a lot of that towards your edge rushing and and towards your defensive line because they aren't making enough of an impact and it's making the secondary look bad even though the secondary is actually really talented with with Jaquan Brisker Eddie Jackson and Jalen Johnson and even Kendall Vildor's had a couple of good games and Kyler Gordon's your other second round pick and there's a lot of talent in that secondary, and it's a very young group. Um, and they're getting exposed a little bit because quarterbacks have a lot of time because your edge rushers aren't doing anything. And obviously it's like, well, then why'd you trade Robert Quinn? Because it was the right time to trade Robert Quinn. He's 32 and he's on an expiring contract. Mm. And you're talking about a defense that wasn't going to go to the playoffs or anything this year. Yeah. So, and and oh, just a lot of weird things um, that kind of go into it. But an overall success for me. Yeah. No, it's it's been a busy day. Uh, flip side of that, the Colts since we last recorded, 
benched Matt Ryan. Sam Allinger was a starter, lost a heartbreaker on Sunday, um, and have now traded Naheem Hines, uh, one of our most talented offensive players, for a bag of peanuts and a half-chewed piece of gum uh, in Zach Moss and uh, a conditional six-round pick that could turn into a fifth. Um, also, our offensive coordinator was fired this morning. So, a lot to unpack. Um, verbal meme for you. Nick Sirianni. It's the the scene from uh, Umbrella Academy where the two cars are driving past each other after they've time-traveled. But it's Nick Sirianni and Matt Eberflus in the car. So, there's two people instead of just the one driving past Frank Reich. Um, and that's pretty much how things have been going, I think, is they're crossing each other in trajectory of like, you know, really good teams. I mean, obviously, the Eagles are doing great, but the Bears, it feels like, have turned a corner offensively um, and the Colts just suck. So let's start with the offensive coordinator. Uh, he yeah. doesn't call the plays. Marcus Brady's been in our system for the last couple of years. Um Frank Reich is the primary play caller. And I do understand that, you know, just because he doesn't call the plays doesn't mean he's not responsible for something to do with the offense. Um, but two things I've talked about it before on the podcast. I don't know with you, but we, I've definitely talked about it before of like there's stages towards a coach being fired and there's things that you can eliminate and things that you can shed. Um, but the final circle of you keeping your job is firing your offensive coordinator or your defensive coordinator, whichever the case. Um, that's kind of your last line of protection. That's your last guy that you can say, this is on him. The reason, you know, essentially he's the reason why it's not working. We get him out of here and we're okay. Um, one, don't know why our offensive line coach was, uh, wasn't fired. Strasser has been objectively worse. Quentin Nelson looks terrible. Ryan Kelly looks like he forgot how to play football. Um, and essentially, you know, we've gotten good production from our wide receivers. Alec Pierce is looking like a stud. Uh, Paris Campbell, now that he's healthy, has played really well. Um, but our offensive line cannot keep keep their blocks, which is like the most simple thing that you need to do. Um, so it'll you, be interesting. You had a good point. You said that um, firing your offensive coordinator is like the last step of just like desperation mm -hmm. and it, yeah, it, it's one step further than what Matt Nagy did last year, which was give Bill late. He had two options here. He could have given Marcus Brady play calling mm -hmm. um, or he could fire him. And Matt Nagy chose to give Bill laser play calling and then still nothing really changed. They, they were better um, and, and had more points per game with Bill laser but overall it just was still the same old offense. Um, it's, it's not good. It's, it's not good to just start playing the blame game. I said mm. this before we started recording and you, I think agreed with me and that's, there's a lot of talent on this team. Yeah. Um, that just is not being executed properly right now. Uh, I mean, looking at the commander's game, just from a, just a top-down view, two fumbles in the red zone, one by Sam Ellinger, one by Jonathan Taylor, stopped on third and goal. First off, 
whoever, whoever, maybe, maybe the reason why Marcus Brady was fired was because he called that run out of shotgun on third and goal from the one, um, which would have, you know, helped put the game away um, and extend yeah. the lead a little bit more, um, which is dumb in and of itself. We don't have to get into that. Um, and then you have Sam Ellinger hits Michael Pittman on a nice little 25 yard crossing route that would have put them on the 50, 45 yard line with a timeout and 15 seconds to go. And so realistically you need about 15 yards until you're in field goal range um, drops that pass makes an arguably tougher catch 17 yards uh, closer and then doesn't get out of bounds. And so it's just like, that's, there were, there were opportunities to not only win the game, but there were opportunities to put a decent amount of points on the board. Uh, and I feel optimistic. Like I really do. I think that Ellinger looked good enough. The offensive line needs to figure it out. And that's going to be the big piece to all this. I don't think that they suck. I think that they just are struggling for whatever reason. They are, they're struggling to play like a unit. We didn't really pay it a lot of attention in the off season um, in terms of getting guys to help, but this team I think is better than people think. And I think that, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they win eight to nine games. Okay. So because I, pretty much agree with you on every front considering that I had the Colts doing very well this year. Mm -hmm. um, and we'll get into that next week when we kind of go over our picks mid season. Um, Frank Reich, obviously hot seat. Yeah. Chris Ballard hot seat. What do you think? Yeah. I, I So he's gone on record a couple of times stating that he doesn't want to draft the next franchise quarterback essentially because he's scared like he's it's he said in so many words that like you get one shot at it and if you're wrong you're wrong and granted in his defense the last two years is there a quarterback that would be a franchise guy justin fields is starting to look like it got you of course but other than that who's the realistic target that the pick machine zach wilson is awful well but but let's let's think about it too like if we take um that year's draft we were a, a mid first round pick are you really yeah. going to sell the house like what legitimate shot would we have had to get the first or second round pick to even get or uh, first or second overall pick to even get those guys right um i think that ballard fields went 11 so i mean you so could have fields traded fields up for a, him yeah yeah fields is a guy also that was a gettable guy that's such a tough ask for yeah. any there are 32 teams like that's what you kind of got to remember mm -hmm. yeah and and so the the hit rate on quarterbacks the last two years kind of justifies that but yeah. realistically you know he's he's neglected he he's paying weird positions that's the one thing i've noticed too is the guys here he's paying are not high level like not those premier positions um i definitely think I just don't know. It's difficult because I think he was right about the wide receivers. Paris Campbell's yeah. turning into a guy who can play and play consistently. Um, Alec Pierce is looking like a steal in the second round. Uh, he, I mean, th they're all producing consistently with suspect quarterback play. Uh, but all to wrap all this up, because we don't have to talk about the Colts forever because it's just going to make me very sad. 
the only thing like this team was close to turning a corner. The Naheem yeah. Hines trade was a tough one. I know he requested a trade, but you you had the option of trying to scheme. Frank Reich at the beginning of the year said, I, I want to have a guy like Naheem Hines on my fantasy team this season, and then proceeds to hardly use him whatsoever. So either he was trying to get a leg up on his buddies in their league, or he, like, I don't, I don't understand the case. He's yeah. so much more talented than what we traded him for, how we've been using him. He's going to be a stud in Buffalo, but he also, he's also a guy who was big in the locker room. He was a big locker room presence. And that's the one thing that can derail this train. I was very encouraged by the commanders game, even though there were some turnovers and mistakes, a couple of bounces go their way and they're four, three, and one, but now we're three, four, and one. And everyone's talking about blowing it up. And this team is a waste, blah, blah, blah. We've got two winnable games against the Raiders and the Patriots. In my opinion, before we go play the Eagles, um, who, by the way, I wouldn't be surprised if we beat, because that's just for some reason, how we like to play. Uh, but the only thing that can derail this team and the progress that I think they're making is if that locker room is already lost. And if the locker room is lost, then what are you going to do? So that's my 20 cents on it, a little bit more than two cents. Um, but the team has made some good strides. I just don't know how they're going to respond to this trade because he was one of the guys in the locker room and has been with the team for a good good amount of time yeah it's certainly tough um especially because jonathan taylor is obviously very good Mm -hmm. like still probably one of the best running backs in football without doubt um but with the offensive line looking as bad as it does and the just whole entirety of the team just not being on the same level right now Hines was a great backup in the sense of Jonathan Taylor's getting walloped on a game by game basis. Yeah. And you don't have anyone to take over those secondary carries. Now you do have Zach Moss that you just got, but it just, it's an odd, it's an odd one. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I have drafted Zach Moss, not this year, but the last two years in fantasy football, hoping that he would turn into something because I liked what I saw to Utah. And if they sure. feel like they can do something with that, amazing, fantastic. Yeah. But I want this week. I want to see more design runs for Ellinger, use that strength, and then I want to see what they look like coming back to health. I mean, Jonathan Taylor, I don't think is fully healthy from his injury when he said when he sat out. He's been playing through it and he struggled. Shaq Leonard just played his first game, first full game this season, got an interception, uh, and is still getting back to game speed. So it's like still getting back to Darius Leonard levels. Yeah, exactly. So you have two of arguably two of your best guys on opposite sides of the ball that are still coming back from, or still getting to full health. Um, I'm, I'm optimistic. It's just maybe too little too late. Uh, And that's where we'll leave it. Um, There were other trades things. I mean, the Colts and bears objectively were some of the busiest teams today in the past couple of days. But uh, so it's it's okay for us to talk this much about them. But other teams did other things too. I'm just going to go in order. The first move happened a couple weeks ago. 
Um, and now we're seeing some of the benefits of it was the Christian McCaffrey trade. So a second rounder, second, third, fourth, and fifth rounder. Um, the two through four are in 2023 and the fifth is in 20, or excuse me, the, yeah, the fifth is in 2024. We saw him run for a touchdown. We saw him catch a touchdown and we saw him throw a touchdown. Uh, I mean, a trifecta. this is like Kyle Shanahan's dream. It's like, we saw what he did with Debo, but this is like Debo on steroids, essentially. Yeah. And now you have both of them in the same offense. And when Debo's healthy, I, I think that they're, I think that they quickly rise to the top of the NFL. With him. Yes. Um, and now, now maybe it's a week early, but now is a good time to mention I did have a Bills Niners Super Bowl. Um, you did. Yeah. The Saints were playing the Niners in the Super Bowl or in the uh, NFC Championship game, but we can just gloss over that one. Still could happen. That division's very bad. No, you're right. No, um, you're right. I don't want to count it out. Um, and I think Jameis might be back this week. We'll see. I hope. I hope. Quick, I mean, I'm quick tired detour. of seeing Andy Dalton in long time. Yeah, quick detour to talk about Jameis here. I mean, it's it's ridiculous that this happens. It seems like it happens every year. They put him behind a, t- a struggling offensive line. He gets hurt. They try. He tries to play through the injury. They make him the scapegoat, bench him, and then the season's over. Like we've seen this song and dance before. It's stupid. Jameis is, I mean, all Andy Dalton's done is throw dump offs to Alvin Kamara, essentially. Yeah. Let's call it for what it is. You put Jameis in that offense, it goes to an, another level. They would put they would have put 40 on the Raiders. Um, but yeah, anyways, that's all. Also, by the way, shouldn't go glossed over just really quick. Another side note. Um, we played each other in our fantasy league this week. We did. And I think we were both the two highest scoring teams. You just beat me. Still, was that so. was that true? I had like 135 points, I think. I gotta, like I gotta 100... fact check that. Let's see. Okay, yeah, it was 153 to 132. You started J.K. Dobbins, who was ruled out. Okay, so here's the thing: I changed that on Monday, and then it didn't change on Tuesday. Well, and I didn't check my team after Tuesday because I just completely forgot about this league. But I totally had Khalil, or I think Khalil Herbert. I totally had Khalil Herbert in my lineup. So I, I scored the fourth most points and you scored the fifth most points in the league. Stupid. Yeah, um, but yeah, the one thing about fantasy is I may have had a tough loss, but I'm seven and one in a league and I'm eight and oh in another league. So it's like those I'm just shifting all my attention to those two leagues. I don't want I don't care about the other ones. That's the nice thing about having five leagues is you can do stuff like that. Sure. Um. Anyways, enough about my fantasy team. The next trade, James Robinson to the Jets for a conditional pick, likely is going to turn into a fifth, was a a sixth. Uh, We saw what it did for Jacksonville. It opened up the offense for ETN, and he absolutely torched what was one of the best run run defenses in the NFL across the pond in London. Went for a little over 150. Uh, This is what the Cowboys could be like if they just gave up on Zeke. Yeah. I think that yeah. Tony Pollard and, and ETN um, play a similar style and can handle a heavy touch load 
Um, and the Jets or the Jaguars understood that, got rid of James Robinson, but the Cowboys are seems to be sticking with Zeke even after what was a monster game for uh, for Tony Pollard. I also think that we should be talking about how little this trade makes sense for the Jets. I know that it's just a conditional pick, but they're regardless of how they started, they're still very clearly in a rebuild right now. Mm -hmm. And you also just found out over the last couple of weeks that you have a quarterback who's probably very bad. Just Sam Darnold 2.0. We are watching him live um, with a little bit better of like a running ability. And you trade now a, you know, conditional fifth for a running back whose contract expires. For the Jags, it's great because you got a fifth for an undrafted free agent on an expiring contract. So, like, yeah. the, like I just feel like this was a no-brainer for Jacksonville. And for the Jets, I just don't understand what they're doing because you still have Michael Carter. Um you probably weren't going anywhere this year either. Maybe they think that they, maybe this is just like a, Hey, we can still compete, but I'm not sold on them. I don't think that they're very good. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, I mean, lost Brees Hall, lost Elijah Vera Tucker, their best offensive lineman. Yeah. I think this is a Joe Douglas move of saying like, Hey, I believe in you guys. Um, and to, you know, I, I think that the confidence boost that you give a lot of those young guys is worth the fifth round pick, you know, cause let's say it doesn't turn out, but they are able to, you know, reload in the off season and get some pieces together. Uh, I, I saw a video I was talking about Zach Wilson and he is converted on like the, you know, he's really good at, at getting a chance in those broken plays, but he has like the worst conversion rate on a broken play in the league. Um, so if he can just connect that last dot into his game, I think that we see a huge leap. Um, but until that happens, yeah, I'm with you. He is not looking great. Um, yeah, but I, I think this, I think this is a, a move of saying like, Hey, we believe in you. Uh, you can be like, you can, you can be our guy type of thing or that are not, um, the, the team, sorry not James Robinson to be the guy, but the overall team of like, we think you guys can do it and whether or not they can, at least they've got the full backing of the, the general manager. Sure. Um, what else? Kadarius Tony to the chiefs for a third rounder and a sixth rounder. If he plays, that's great for Kansas city. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it, it's a, it's a big old change of scenery trade of can you do something somewhere else because you're not doing anything for us right now. We will take what we can get. It's also the pick that uh, it's the pick that the bears originally had. And we traded up with New York for, to get fields at 11 and then mm. New York took Tony at 20. Um, so the, uh, not only that it's the third round pick was the comp pick for, the Bears, or Ryan Poles, yeah. signing Poles as their their GM. Yeah, it so all comes back a, to the Bears. All comes back to the Bears. Bears control the NFL. I love that. Pretty much. Um, but uh, yeah, no, that that's I I I dig it as long as he plays. If he doesn't, yeah. then it's kind of a it's a 
you wash your hands with it and then move on. But um, certainly talented, just who knows if he's going to be around. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think that they are really trying, they've done it a number of ways, but they're trying to find their Tyreek Hill guy. And so yeah. this is just another yeah. shot at it. They you wanted to be Marcus Valdez Scantling. You had yeah. Michael Hardman. Yeah. Guy Moore. So Sky yeah. Moore. Yeah. It's it's yeah, I'm with you. And to, you know, for it being a comp pick, it's it's a good swing on a guy who, when he was on the field last year, was electric. So, I also think side note on the Chiefs, kind of funny that you pointed this out with the Colts and how Frank Reich before the season started said. Hines is a guy who I'd want on my fantasy team. And then uh, news breaks last Sunday morning that Isaiah Pacheco is taking over as RB1 for the Chiefs. And then Clyde Edwards-Alaire got, still was RB1. Just yeah. absolutely hilarious. Yeah. Um, I, I, I was definitely one of the people that picked up Pacheco in the hopes that he would, would take over, but no dice. Uh, but when you're a really good offense, you can do stuff like that, and people aren't going to get that upset, especially when I think they put up 40 on the 49ers that week still. Um, so did it matter? Nah. Uh, okay, another trade. TJ Hawkinson uh, for TJ Hawkinson and two fourth rounders for a second rounder and a third rounder um, to Minnesota. Irv Smith, it was announced today that he'll be out about eight to 10 weeks with his injury. I believe it's a high ankle sprain. Um, and this is like, this is in some respects, uh, pushing some chips to the table. I'm not going to say all chips in. It's more like they raised, like the pot was 10 and they put down, they put 50, not all, not quite all chips in, but this is a, another pass catcher helps the offense. I believe he's not a terrible blocker. As far as I know, he does. I fail to understand where this trade makes sense for Detroit. I, I okay. don't get it at all. Detroit, this is this is the perfect Detroit's going to Detroit because was it Hawkinson and Fant who came out in the same draft, both out of Iowa? No. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And it was like these guys are going to take over the NFL for the next George, uh, I was calling Greg Kittle, George Kittles. And they're going to just kind of wreak havoc on the NFL and, you know, revamp the tight end position again. And no offense, not getting targeted in Seattle. And TJ Hawkinson's now onto his second team. I also saw a great stat that said that TJ Hawkinson for the first time is on a team with more than six wins. Um, Unreal. And, um, you know, good for Hawkinson, good for Kirk Cousins. Like, that's a big boost for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that, like, Detroit should be in, like, a hard evaluation period. But it's just, like, high, like a tight end, I feel like. Like, a valuable tight end is a player that can stick around your team for a long while and still be productive. And I don't know. Maybe, maybe Dan Campbell as a former tight end can assess the tight end better than I can, but it just, it just felt like TJ, like giving up on TJ Hawkinson was such like a wild overreaction to just being one in seven and just being like, well, we have to get rid of him. 
I think to play devil's advocate and play this other side here, they got a second and third rounder in exchange for Hawkinson. This gives them the pieces to, depending on where they fall in the draft, pretty much get whoever they want. Yeah. They, they have their pick. They have the Rams pick, which at the moment is middle of the first round. So now you have the opportunity to get a guy with your pick, which is probably going to be top three. But if the Rams stay about average, you've got some pieces and can slip into the top 10 and find another marquee guy that you like. Um, and I, so I, I don't, I think they're just accepting that they were going to have to pay Hawkinson and would rather, rather say, you know what, let's let him go. Realize, Cause I think, I think this is the last year of his, of his deal. No, let me, let me see is if I can look that up really quick. Was he the same year as Quentin Nelson? Uh, was it was that the same year? Because that was he signed. Year. Oh, he signed. He signed the four year. No, I take okay. So he they picked up his fifth year option. So this is his fourth year. So he's got this year and then year after, and then he's a free agent. Um, but they were set to pay him uh, a little over nine million next year. Um, and so I think that's just a matter of they'd rather say, all right, let's figure this out. Let's see what what areas we can use um, and ultimately get draft capital for a guy. I mean, listen, he is a great talent, but if you're not going to use him to his potential, might as well ship him off and get some good value while you can. Yeah, I get that. Except my only gripe is that. You know, Aiden Hutchinson was obviously a slam dunk, but nothing that Detroit has done in their front office gives me the confidence that they will draft correctly. Obviously, you have to take some shots. It just is. They're so bad. They're so poorly run. They're still so bad. Um, and Dan Campbell's just a terrible head coach. All right. I'm going to say some nice things about the Lions, and then we'll move on. Amon Ra, home run. The offensive yeah. line is one of the best in the NFL, in my opinion. Okay. Uh, and there was a third thing. I can't remember. Oh, one more nice thing. I don't know. That was it. Those are the only two things yeah. I got. Aiden Hutchinson does, has three sacks does, in one half. And you have two nice running backs who yeah. one happens to also be made of glass. But oh what can Jameson Williams. That was the other one. Jameson Williams coming back soon. Sure. So think of you have a picture, quarterback that you trust to get the ball to Amon Ra and Jameson Williams. Yeah. Just close your eyes and picture that for a moment. And then it's like, okay. Now then you put in a, a competent quarterback. And you have a top five offense in the NFL. So are you saying that they're drafting CJ Stroud or? Um, I think, I think that they're, I, I don't know exactly who they're going to go with because it seems like right now, his name, Hendon Hooker. No, who's no Alabama's quarter? Who's oh, Alabama's oh Bryce Young, Bryce Young. Bryce Young. Thank you. I'm an idiot. Jesus. Here's All right. the, the tough thing about this quarterback class too. And I mean, we'll, we'll probably talk about a, lo- a little bit more. We haven't really gotten to a lot of quarterbacks yet. I feel like nobody has, and by nobody, I mean C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, they haven't dominated like you would expect them to, you know? Because sure, I, sure. I feel like we've got them, most people have them as QBs one and two. Um, but I was talking about it with a buddy this weekend. Where does, if if Tennessee goes on a run and Hedden Hooker plays at the level he's been playing at, where does he end up? Like if they're able to make it into the college football playoff. (laughs) 
Baltimore when Lamar goes to New England. <laughs> New England. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, is there, this is, I mean, like. Yeah, there's plenty of room for him to jump up. In fact, I think you you mentioned, we as a group mentioned four. Yeah. Between Hendon Hooker, Will Levis, Bryce Young, and CJ Stroud. Will Levis, clear number four on that. Yeah. In that I mean, he got he got leapfrogged last week, considering that he was close to being number one going into the year, just like a favorite of like pro style. He's ready, you know, whatever. He's going to be the next Colts quarterback. And now you have funny you say <laughs> that because you... they were the scouts were in attendance for the Tennessee Kentucky game. Oh, absolutely. They were. That's like their two. Um, I think that's their two guys. And I you have. There were three who are just so much better, and you just know that Will Levis is still going to be drafted like eighth overall, and mm-hmm. someone's still going to be on the board, whether it's Hooker or whether it's uh, Bryce Young, and you're just going to be like, why did this happen the way that it did? Because that is so stupid. NFL GMs are stupid. It's kind of what we're getting at. Yeah, that, I mean, that's a great title for today's episode. NFL GMs are stupid. Trade trade deadline recap. <laughs> Uh, okay, a couple more big trades to to talk yeah. about, and then we'll get to our our bets for this week. Bradley Chubb to Miami. They gave Weird. up a first and a fourth rounder, as well as Chase Edmonds, uh, and Miami's receiving Bradley Chubb and a fifth rounder. That goes hand in hand with also Miami acquiring Jeff Wilson. Yes, from San Francisco for I think a fifth. Mike McDaniel is just trying to recapture the. The magic. The running group, yeah. So he Mostert and Jeff Wilson Jr. When Christian McCaffrey keeps running all over the place and the 49ers partners with Eli Mitchell at the end of the offseason <laughs> or at, at the end of the season. Well, you know he's going to draft. He's going. They've got CMC, but you know that Kyle Shanahan's going to draft a running back in like the second round. He's going to draft a running back in the second round, and then he's going to be – CMC is going to, you know, do his normal thing of pulling in his hamstring and being out for six weeks. And this running back is going to be the most productive running back in football for those. No, 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 no. You've got, you've got it all wrong. The second round running back isn't even going to play. And some undrafted rookie is going to go for 1200 yards and 15 touchdowns. Yeah. No one's talking about like Chase Brown in, uh, on like the big boards right now for college Mm -hmm. football. Um, but Chase Brown out of Illinois is going to be that guy. He's going to be the late round undrafted guy that, you know, why did no one draft him earlier? He was a Heisman finalist. And then, yeah. Look it. Pumped. You heard it here first. But Bradley Chubb on the Dolphins, another all chips in move. Yeah. Um, and we had it. We had, we were talking about it a little bit in the group chat today. Obviously, Brian Burns was a topic of hot discussion. Hot topic of discussion. There it is. Um, but he ultimately didn't get moved. Um, I I didn't think that he was going to because I I the the whole two first rounders for him and that that being turned down was just like a very all right if someone offers us like two first rounders and a second then we'll take it kind of a thing mm-hmm. but no one was going to offer that I don't think that it was ever offered in the first place I think it was just trying to drive up the market for someone that. As soon as that got out there, everyone was just like, there's no way that anyone's going to afford this. Well, allegedly, what what the was leaked was that the Rams offered two firsts and Cam Akers 
Uh, and to that, I say, I didn't know Brian Burns could play in the offensive line. <laughs> oh, but man. I, yeah. Anyways, Bradley Chubb. Yeah. I think that, you know, this is an all tips and move. I don't love it. I mean, like, I like Bradley Chubb. And I think that as far as like pass rush win rate, he's one of the above average pass rushers in the NFL. Um, and ultimately, this was one of the first round picks um, that they traded for. So it's like, you know, do what you do. But where and the, the Dolphins defensive line needed the help. But where does this really does this move the needle for them? Like, let's say what they're the eighth, seventh, eighth best team in the AFC. Where's 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 this bump them up to? I don't know because I had him what ten and seven going yeah. into this playoffs, and I don't remember if I had them on the cusp of. I don't know if I had them as the seventh or if I had them missing it as the eighth, um, but I think that they're still relatively around there. They under they play to their opponents' level. Mm-hmm. It's very twenty eighteen Bears where it's we're going to lose to the New York Giants, but we're going to beat the you know we're going to beat the Rams who ended up going to the Super Bowl that year. And it's they'll play very well against teams uh that you know people might expect them to be an underdog in. And then you'll see them against the Lions this past weekend and wonder what the hell happened to the Dolphins. Yeah. Um and still they ended up pulling that off and they win it and everyone goes ha- home happy. But it's a little dysfunctional and it's not a huge recipe for success, but it is a recipe in a relatively weak NFL season where you can crack the playoffs and hope that anything can happen when it's always the top dogs that kind of make it, but still it's certainly interesting. If there's any team that could shake them, shake some things up in the playoffs, it would be the Miami dolphins because of the reasons you mentioned of them playing to level their opponents. Um, And obviously having Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle who could both go for 200 yards in a game um, with the way this offense is constructed. Uh, and so I think this is a move that they think will get the defense up to where the offense should be. Um, but I don't know you we'll see who knows. Uh, all right. Calvin Ridley, we talked about it. If he plays fantastic, if he doesn't, that's why the incentives were built the way they were. I think this is a good move for them and it gets Trevor Lawrence, a crack at a true wide receiver one. No offense to Christian Kirk, but Calvin Ridley's another. Christian Kirk would be great as a wide receiver too. Yeah, yeah, and he was. He's getting paid like a wide receiver one, so good for him. He's in a beautiful situation right now. It's the dream for him. So, I mean, that's another offense too to keep an eye on. If Calvin Ridley does come back and he plays, you're going to have Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, Christian Kirk. Um, Is Evan Ingram is there, no? Evan Ingram, tight end. Calvin Are Ridley. They, what two and six? Yeah. Remember when I was like, Doug Peterson's a bad coach, but then they started two and two, and everyone was like, Look at the Jags go. What can I it's say? Gonna be, NFL guru, right? It's here. gonna be it's gonna be a massive anomaly looking back at this year with the Jaguars like three and fourteen, but one of their wins was a 38 to 10 stomping <laughs> of the Los Angeles Chargers and a 24 to 0 defeat of the Colts which probably won't look that crazy in the grand scheme of things but yeah what a what what a weird what a weird uh 
What a weird year so far. This is weird. All right. I think we've covered all the big topics, unless you had something else you wanted to get off your chest. Well, the only other thing that I kind of wanted to talk about was, uh, and we have covered this for the most part, is that Zach Taylor is 20-36-1 and one as an NFL head coach. And they looked bad last night and underprepared. And that offensive line that was supposed to fix everything for the Bengals and keep Joe Burrow upright hasn't found their groove yet. And they're not running the ball at all. Like they refuse to do it. And that is a, it's, it's like they're playing from behind as a team that should be winning games and even when they get a lead, it's like they're playing from behind and it sets them back. Um, so just a weird, weird, weird thing going on for Cincinnati who made it to the Super Bowl last year and doesn't look like they'll even make the playoffs this year. I, I was wrong. I thought that them getting Jamar Chase was great, but that getting Rashawn Slater would be better. But looking at this offense, and I mean the Bengals this year, but especially the offense without Jamar Chase and all the money that they spent on the offensive line. Yeah. It's like they probably wouldn't be in the playoffs last year, one, let alone be in the Super Bowl if they don't go out and get Jamar Chase. Yeah. Um, and that was something I feel like I'd said a lot, but this was the week where it finally all culminated of like they wouldn't be where they are without Jamar Chase. And that's kind of like how the where the league has shifted as a whole. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy, but I, you spend all that money, and for what? On that offensive line. And, you know, tough. Zach, Zach Taylor is going to be another weird coach where it's like going to be fired after does he, three. Does he and, get another shot? Yeah. Yeah. A Super Bowl appearance with like a 30% winning percentage would just be unreal. Quick prediction. Who hires him next? Like Washington? No, he'll be like the Raiders next head coach once they yeah, move on which, from yeah, might be at the end of this year. Um it, it seems like the timeline just aligns perfectly. Yeah, weird. He'll go back to uh he'll go back to the Rams for like a year for a year, a special o- offensive out. assistant, mm-hmm. and then get a head yeah. coaching spot at at some mediocre team. Vegas or Seattle, like Pete Carroll's going to have to retire at some point soon. Yeah, Seattle. That um, that makes sense. Yeah. All right, All right. Bets for this week. We've got our bets. Thursday, Eagles, Texans. I mean, we've got, I so it, am pulling it up right now. It's so we've got minus fourteen. Eagles favored by fourteen points, and the over under set at forty five. I'm taking Eagles minus fourteen. I mean, it's a good bet. We see the way they run the ball. They can extend the game. The Texans got a lot of opportunities this past week playing the Titans with Malik Willis, who looks bad, very bad. Uh, the Titans were one-dimensional, and they uh, the, they still dominated the Texans. Over 200 rushing yards for Derrick Henry. So what makes me think that one of the most complete teams in football isn't going to run over them? So Eagles minus 14. Um, speaking of running all over them and just disparity between two teams and, and all that jazz and how bad the Texans are and the fact that Lovey Smith should not be an NFL head coach. 
at this point in his life. Um, I think the over 45 is cash right there. Well, that begs the question, either can the Eagles get to 45 by themselves or can the Texans muster up enough offense to get the total? I honestly think that they'll only have to score 10 points. Fair. I mean, and that's doable. And that's doable in garbage time, especially. So Eagles are in no mood to mess around. They are undefeated. They're going to want to keep that going. And they have a great stage to kind of show who they are and mm-hmm. show we're not a product of who we've played or anything like that. We're a genuinely good football team. Um, And yeah, so I'm going over 45. All right. My next pick, uh, this might be taking advantage of the lines a little bit. Cause I know there's some uncertainty about Ryan Tannehill's health going into this week, but the chiefs are 12 and a half point favorites against the Titans. And I think that, the Titans can play keep away long enough by just running the ball down their throat um, to make this within a two score game. Uh, And if Ryan Tannehill comes back, I mean, the line is going to jump up and move even closer, but I'm going to take advantage of that. You got to take some risks uh, when you're as down bad as I am. So I've got the uh, Titans plus 12 and a half against the chiefs. Well, and that's a good one because the Titans, win these games like that like yeah that has been the ammo of the titans for the last three years that is mike Vrabel's titans is that we will lose to the jets and the jags and we will kick the shit out of the ravens the chiefs the bills you name it we'll show up mm-hmm. um i am not taking anything in that game but i do like that bet a lot um my second pick was packers lions okay uh, sunday noon packers are favored three and a half the total is 49 and a half. I'm taking Packers minus three and a half. Mm. I think the Lions are so bad. And I think the Packers are so desperate for a win that this is kind of a balls to the wall. You give them everything you have, which is yes. saying a lot for a lion for having to play the Lions. But that uh, it's I think it's going to be ugly. And I think the Packers are going to win by hefty margin. Yeah, I mean, you got it. Yeah, might as well. Got to go for it. Yeah. Uh, okay. We've got one more pick and I've, I've been kind of wafting back and forth between two of them. Um, but I'm ultimately going to stick with uh, I've, I've got the chargers minus three against the Falcons. I think that at some point we're going to, whoa, 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 whoa. you're saying that the Falcons aren't going to cover. Yeah, I am. That's exactly what I'm All saying. Right. I think at some point we are the, they're, the Falcons are going to lose their luster, and we're going to realize that they're not a good the football division team. The division-leading Falcons are not yeah. going to be great. They're, they're not a good football team, and they don't utilize their best weapons, and they don't deserve to be at 500 or leading the division. Um, and this is also a big make-or-break game for the Chargers, right? Like, they're at 4-3. and three. There's a big difference between 5-3 and three and 4-4 four and four at this point. Uh, and you know, you know, Mike Williams, but Keenan Allen hopefully makes his debut, uh, debut. No, this is a second game, but he hasn't played it. It feels like his debut. Um, he hasn't done anything, but this is going to be that game where Justin Herbert throws for 350, and they put all those silly little worries to rest for at least one more week. And Brandon Staley staves off unemployment 
it's a tough one because the Falcons don't deserve to be four and four and Brandon Staley doesn't deserve to coach a, a talented a quarterback as Justin Herbert. So it's kind of like unstoppable force, immovable object, but I'm going with the unstoppable force of Justin Herbert. In the wise words of, I probably shouldn't say wise because it's Hank Williams Jr. But in the words of Hank Williams Jr., um, are you ready for some football? My last pick is Monday Night Football. Okay. Uh, Saints, Ravens. I know that they're your beloved New Orleans Saints. And maybe it changes when James comes back, if he comes back. Um, Ravens getting a boost by adding Roquan Smith. Eh. Um, and uh, I know that they're playing in New Orleans, but I just feel like Baltimore can kind of run this one. They're better. The Bucs are better than the Saints, and Baltimore is, and Baltimore beat Tampa pretty easily and won by five. Spreading this one is two and a half, taking Baltimore minus two and a half. I don't hate it. I think the Saints are like that line is favorable because the Saints came off such a big win last week. Um, and as much as I do love the Saints, I feel like the Ravens have been playing some really good football as of yeah. late and have lost some tough games and probably deserve to be seven and one, six and two. Um, Cause it's some just weird decision-making tough losses, but I like that. Uh, all right. That'll do it for us this week. Next week, we look at our preseason predictions, talk about them, roast each other, probably a little bit um, or a lot of it, depending on where things end up. Um, but until then enjoy some football. If your team got better in at the trade deadline, must be nice. Uh, but for those of you who are still trying to figure it out and your teams are still trying to figure it out, me too. See you next week. Yep.